Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm not a betting guy, but for those that are, there's betonline.ag. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline has hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And of course, the 24-hour online casino. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. already know it's time for another episode of believe in kentucky alongside double zero td my name is Vinny hardy what's up td man nothing much here you know another night man trying to make this thing happen excited about uh one of our guests who is my my, my blue brother from louisville kentucky uh 96 champion a 20 i want to say 20 what 26 2006 NBA champion with Miami Heat, which I was mad that you. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. No, you you know, they, 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 they did beat us. They beat us to win. I'm like, one of us gonna one of us gonna be an NBA champion. End up being my good friend here. I'm not. And then, like I said, had a long NBA career. Uh, just phenomenal dude. He does philanthropy. I mean, he's a he's a, a author. He uh, what well, man, he does so many things, man. I mean, he trains kids. He's a coach. I mean, the the list goes on and on, but. Saying all that, man, just a good brother, Louisville, Kentucky, Derek Anderson. My man, my man. Hey, in here. Man, great having you on, brother. Uh, like I said, I, I know it's been a tough year for us. And, you know, I'm going to start out with this question right here. You know, we'll get straight to it. Yes, sir. If you were on that staff, what is there anything you would do differently to help this Kentucky team as they go through their trials and tribulation ups and downs on, in this season? Well, I think from my standpoint is I bring a different feel. Like you and I can watch a, a coach can make you watch a video of the, like the tape of the game, but do you dissect it the same way as a player would? Right. Like you're in a game, everything is not an X's and O's. It's an, a mental adjustment. Right. And a lot of our kids, if you look, what's frustrating is first thing everybody say, well, why would he do that? Why would he do this? Because he doesn't understand. Right. And my job as a player is to like this is a reason if you're in the game, don't do this. Don't do right. that. Here's why. So when I watch film, I always broke it down from an IQ standpoint. Okay. Not this is an X's and O or what the defense and this. Like, you have to create opportunities. And I think with our young guys is they're always going full speed. So as I have someone in a post and you'll see a guard run all the way over. Right. Like, those are things in video. You'll say, well, why would you do that? He'd be like, I don't know. Okay, well, this is what we're going to do every day. We're going to make plays where you have to read the defense and you adjust. So mm-hmm. what happens when you throw the ball right now? If you threw the ball to Vinny, what's your head going to do? It's going to yeah, turn. Like your head, you're going to ball wide. Yep. So our guys will throw it and stand. So if you if you stand, what's the defense do? They stand. They stand, yes. So exactly. it's like we don't create opportunities. Like I said, if we're going to – if you just play the pickup game, 
and I see that we have a mismatch. I throw him the ball. I wait. I'm patient. I see what he's doing. I see what the defense. If my defense doesn't dig, I cut away and give my big guy space. Right. Like, we don't give them, like, IQ basketball movements enough. I don't know what they do in practice. I'm just saying from my standpoint, what I would bring is breaking down each individual strengths and weaknesses, fixing those weaknesses and mastering those strengths because we should get at least five, like 10 layups a, a half. That's 20 points. I mean, there's layups, not dry, dribbling air out of the ball. And I think that's where we miss a lot of opportunities. And I don't have a knock on any coach. I just know what right. I did as a player. I know I adjust during the game. Someone's in a two, three, I adjust. I don't just go to an X's and O play. I adjust and movement. Here's here's my other question before V gets at, answer, asks his question. Do you think it's two-part question? Do you think it's like it should be taught in middle school the basic fundamentals? That's my one question. And then secondly, you know, the pandemic kind of mm -hmm. set us behind. So, what do you think about the pandemic setting us behind mm -hmm. and what we're seeing? You're right. It should have been taught like in middle school, high school, throw the ball inside, move without move, move without the ball, player moving and ball movement, because that's where the game is at right now. So yeah. it's not to sit back and say, okay, blame coach for what's going on. I think as a player, if you play enough basketball, you've been taught it, because you know, we learned so much from Coach Patino, but we also brought a lot from the coaches that taught us in high school. Sure. So what do you think about, you know, where the game is there from? elementary, middle, high school, and then the pandemic, how did it have an effect on Kentucky? Well, I'll go the number one problem that we have in today's game is every coach, like 90% of coaches only care about wins. Why are you pressing in the first, second, and third grade just trying to take the other team away when your kid doesn't know how to play basketball? At <laughs> all? They're just running kids at each other. Hey, trap them. Oh, yeah, 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 we're killing. We're the number one ranked AAU team. Like, that is the number one problem is 90% of coaches don't care about development. Mm. They, care about, they care about wins. Then they care about their, their program. Then they care about money. And right. then guess what the parents are doing? They're biting right into it. Say, like, well, I want the fame. I want my kid on the winning team. I don't care mm -hmm. if he does. I don't care. He's scoring for 20 points. And then you wonder why. Well, he never got a scholarship. He averaged 20 since the third grade. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, your son doesn't know how to play basketball. And it's bad <laughs> because the coaches don't teach that. Like, I'll go to middle school team. I say, why are you pressing? Like, my middle school coach, he told us jab, step, shot, fake, and we were all dunking in middle school. Right. He us run around reckless and crazy. Like, I had right. Daryl Griffin, son, Jermaine Brown, my team, Killer Moore. Like, all of them went to Division One because we learned how to play in middle school. So we knew how to footwork. We knew not to catch it and just take off dribble. But you did everything with a purpose, though, what it yeah. sounds like. Yeah, so we was all taught. So you go. I want you to go watch. If any parent, anybody watches this, go watch the A and you watch how many teams press. Almost all of them press. So none of them in defensive stance. They're jumping around. They can't mm -hmm. see ball. You man, no, no, no discipline. So when they get to college, it's like, well, you don't know how to play basketball. This is like now back college basketball almost looks like AAU unless the kid stays for a year or two. Right. And for me was that's the biggest problem is so many coaches aren't teaching because they don't know what we know. And then they won't. They'll tell us, well, you need experience. Well, I played. I practiced. Michael Jordan trained me. Like, I've trained under him. Under I was with Grant. I've trained under people and with people that just taught me the mental part. And then once right. you learn fundamentals and mental, whatever God-given talent you have, that showcases. So mm -hmm. now with the kids are in Kentucky and most other young kids, they struggle because they can't do what they did in AAU. Right. So now you come to a different method or program, and you can't do that. Like, there's a different level of this. So 
for me, I think if you could get middle school, especially middle school, to stop pressing the entire game and teach them fundamentals, teach them IQ basketball, teach them shot fakes, regular bounce pass. You watch how many guys throw a pass and a guy's arm is right here. You just threw it and hit his hand. Like nobody tells you to pass fake and bounce it. In a two-three oh, zone, and if a two-three zone, if I pass fake this way, the defense shifts. Everybody gonna chill. We yeah. look like this at the player and throw it. And, and then we stand and be like, and your coach is yelling, move, where do you want me to go? <laughs> and that's what I was telling you. He's like, I get sick of watching bad IQ because this is a simple part of the game. It is, it is. And to go with your second part is the is the pandemic. Yes, it slowed people down, but Baylor isn't slowing down. Villanova isn't slowing down. Gonzaga, yep. and they got freshmen on their team. What they've yep. learned is fundamentals from other coaches. Yeah, so how you get coaches that come into that have taught those young kids how to play, and they smart. It's not like it's a talent level; it's the IQ level. That's when you see separation in most teams, and I think that's been the biggest part. The pandemic has messed everyone up, but some of these other teams aren't slowing up because guess what they do in practice? They teach IQ. They don't tell them to run up and down and dribble, drive and pass and dribble. Like you watch most offenses tonight. When you watch college basketball, watch how many of them do the same play. Dribble handoff screen, dribble handoff, another big coming set screen. It's the same offense. Right. There is no di- no difference. So to me, I think the pandemic was a, was was would hinder people. But if you practice IQ basketball, I think you 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 get better with your game and players at that level. Okay. Kentucky trying to hang on. It was tied eighty apiece. Mm-hmm. Arkansas on the line for two four seconds left. Looked like it was a tie to me, TD. I don't know if Toppin fouled old boy on that or not, but nah. he got the whistle. That's, that's when you gotta. That's when you go to the replay. And but you know, like I said, it's it's really you know going back to what Derek is talking about. It's just the the fundamentals and knowing knowing personnel. And I try to tell kids the same thing. You know what Derek is talking about is that you know if somebody have their hands up you can't pass through their hands you know and then just understanding but you know i, I see so much of them like dude where did you learn that from where where, you, where do you understand where like you said you pump fake you jab step and when i when i watched Derek teams when they came to um to my event my toc that i did two years ago his teams were fundamentally sound and that's one of the reason why they were able to beat teams soundly was that they played the right way, but they knew how to play. So yeah. that goes back to what DA is talking about is that you have to teach that. Now it takes a little bit longer than will the kids be patient? Will the parents be patient? Because now it looks boring. It's like, oh, I got to come in the gym. He teaching me how to shoot. Uh, left to right pull up, right to left, one dribble pull up. It, it's, boring. it's boring basketball to them. But when you get the parents, because I, I, tell, I tell people this, when you get the parents to buy in, the kids buy in. Mm-hmm. So you got to start with the parents because if the parents don't buy in, the kids ain't going to buy in. Mm-hmm. Every switch teams every other day. <laughs> oh, a lot of that going on. Yeah. And then they'll go over there and they'll dribble two balls and be like, well, my son ain't got no better. <laughs> you, you think? <laughs> He's over doing stuff he ain't going to never do in the game. But you said it. And and what made people thought it was boring because I made a master. So instead of me moving on to the next thing, no, nah, we're going to master this. So we're yeah. going to run this. You're going to talk on defense. You're going to roll the Like, I'm literally watching guys who can't even do a shot fake and pass fake without traveling. And these are high school seniors, college players, can't do – like, I've never seen so many travels called the other day in college basketball in my life. It was, I forget I was watching. They were traveling every single time. They were just boom, 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 boom. 
I'm like, y'all don't practice like shot fake jab, like just right. a simple movement. And I, I practice it every day. So the parents would be like, man, like I will stop the whistle. If you catch it and you got your head down, turnover. Guess what they do now? They catch it now, triple threat, their eyes are up, they're catching their teammates. I let them throw no look passes, everything. Simplicity of the game. But if you don't correct it and master it in the beginning, it's just gonna, it's not gonna work. TD, you started off by asking DA if he was on the staff, what he would do. DA, your tweet has got the the state just just turned up because you talked about joining the staff. You tweeted to Coach Cal and the Kentucky basketball account. My passion for the University of Kentucky is because I realized what it did for me, my family, and my community. So my passion is why I want to join the staff now. I want to help these players develop in every way. I'm here because I care. So Sir. you you just straight up tweeting them, talking about let me let me on the staff, like so. How did how did how did how did it be, how, how was it received from the social media? Quite a quite a lot of people were behind it. Uh, well, well you know of, you know you know your boy behind it, man. So if anybody yeah. could, could promote him and 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 you know, actually when it comes to to basketball and just what he knows, his knowledge of the game, you know. Um, Definitely should be on somebody's staff, you know, and, and even myself, like I, I've kind of moved past it because, you know, as I work with my academy, but, you know, when I look back at just guys that know the game, that simplify the game, like, and you can reach out to those, those players, they're part of the, they're part of what you're doing. They love that university is having a few of those guys on the staff. You know, we, we all, we, we in to help, you know what I'm saying? Like we don't take away from, what people are doing. It's not our show. We're, and I think sometimes, and you can, you can ask this DA is that I feel like, and I'm not saying coach Cal, cause I don't feel like coach Cal is intimidated by hiring, you know, guys, former NBA players. He's had them on their staff, but around college basketball, I see that college coaches because it's their show mm-hmm. that they don't want to hire former NBA players and they're, and this is what they say, oh, you guys don't work hard. Well, how do we make it to college? How do we get a scholarship? <laughs> how do we make it to the next level if we didn't, if we don't know what hard work is? Oh. But you can't insult us when it comes to the intelligence and the IQ that we have in our head. You can't take that away from us. So we're not your intern. We're not going, we don't have to go back and watch all the footage that maybe someone who never played the game and, and experienced what we experienced. Like we have a different take on the game than somebody who's never played basketball. So when I hear people and I and I see I read a tweet by DA, I'm like, man, like that's a good dude, takes care of his business, family man. So so what else would you look for? He knows the game, he knows how to make adjustments, he mm-hmm. knows how important it is to to bring fundamentals to kids who don't have fundamentals. And a lot of it is it's just like it's opportunity. Yep. That's all it is. Give me the opportunity to be wrong and and be the guy that you say I don't work hard. Give yep. me an opportunity. Let me try it. Yeah, and what they what they base that off of, and you have to look at everyone's career, is like if you look back at my career, the 96 team we played on, I had just averaged 15 points. I was second team Big Ten. I won the Olympic MVP. I averaged 25 a game. Like, I can score, but I came in 96, and you saw what I did. Pass it to you because you was a senior. You was a great shooter. I wasn't trying to get 30 shots up. I knew how to play, so I learned – Hey, my role is I'm a pass, cut, get offensive rebounds, take advantage of mismatches. I'm gonna do everything else. When you left, I, I got average 20. Like yeah. I know how to adjust. I know how. So I tell a kid, hey, 
this is not your time to shoot 20 shots. We're going to have a mismatch with here. What you do is feed off the guy who does have the mismatch, get your, get your five offensive rebounds, get your open shots, get your back screens and all these things. So that's the adjustment that we speak of. And people think it's just about, well, who's going to teach him how to shoot a free throw? Okay, well, I can do that. But what does he know how to get to the free throw line on? Right. going to drive and shot fake or he's going to drive and beg for a foul. And I think that's the difference. So if I was on the staff, that's what I've always said I would do. I would teach, I would help those young guys to think and to adjust. And a lot of times when you have a guy like a, me and you, I, is they'll put us in the back. And so we want, our voice won't be ever heard. Say, <laughs> he's on the staff, but what is he doing? Like, he yeah. Hey, hey, he, they say on the staff, like, like he at the very bottom of the staff. Like, like yeah, he, he can't speak to nobody. It's a boy like this. It's a violation if he speaks. I'm like, so you're going to bring me in. And it's a violation if I act. No, that, so it was so funny, man. And I was laughing because I'm like, so us being on the staff, dude, we couldn't really coach. So a player come out the game, dude, we couldn't say nothing. It's a violation. So when when you when John Wall or E. Blair come out, they was like, Coach, what's up? I was like, I can say nothing, Coach. You know, because you already know who's watching me, man. Everybody <laughs> already watching. Me. <laughs> They're like this too. Yeah, man. I'm just like so. I had so I'm gonna tell you here's here's a quick story. So when I first get there, you know, I think I'm like, I'm still playing the ball, you know, I still can go get up and down the court. And uh so we play, I wanna say before they tore down the alumni. So we over at alumni playing. Mm. So a couple fans came in, they recorded it, whatever. So uh Sandy Bell called me into her office. She was like, um, uh, you know you can't be playing with the players. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm I'm still active, you know, I'm staying in shape. She was like, uh well, they consider it to be coaching. Huh? I'm just, we're playing pickup basketball. That's what I'm saying. So, so I look at the rule, the NCAA, how, how they have certain rules and, and, and regulation on, you can't have so many coaches, former players that come on as grad assistant. They can't really help. Now they've changed a few things over the years, but when I first came in, really it was like, we couldn't do anything. And then I think the following year, we were able to at least give scouting reports. So, when you look at a committee and a committee who hasn't played the game and don't understand the ins and outs of it, it's like, you know, just because a power five school have more money, they have more resources is you don't, you don't penalize them. You know what I'm saying? It's like, we're penalized because of our resources and the people that played at our school. Mm -hmm. So it shouldn't be our fault that I'm able to go back, play with our guys, whether I'm coaching or not, it's still me playing basketball. And of course, if, they ask me questions and I'm on the staff, it's hard for me not to address the question that we just asked. Man, that's crazy. And you think about this, I always tell people about the reason why Alabama football is so good, he allows former players to come back and put an imprint on those current players. Mm. So now they're like, oh man, okay, well he made it. How did you make it? And he did this. Like I wouldn't spoke to Alabama football and I got to see all of them. I'm like, yo, this is amazing what they're doing. Like they're literally utilizing all their stuff. There's another program who brings all their former players back. I'll never say their name, but they bring all their former players back and they're on the staff. Like he's wow. teaching and developing. So you're trying to figure out like what's what's in it for these young players who play the game to, to magnify what they know. And the one thing that you can say is about most coaches is you have to learn to adjust. And to me, I'll give you my last example is there are some smart basketball players we've seen play that are coaching today. But Vinny, if Tony hit a jump shot, who should get the next shot down on offense? Tony. 
I want you to go watch basketball. Show me how many of these geniuses just know that simple game. I'm trying to get Tony hot. I'm trying to get this dude the ball. We're going to run a play for him, if not the same play, until they figure it out how to get this man another shot. I want you to go watch college basketball and you watch how many dudes hit a shot and they won't go back to him. I just want you to watch. And that's, I mean, you could play basketball. You could be a coach for 30 years. You could be any level. To me, it's not common sense. I'm going to use it. And guess when they start preparing for him? They say, hey, switch on Tony. I slip my big guy who's setting the screen on my screen. He'll get a wide open layup. They're worrying about Tony, and I go to the other side while everybody's sinking in and, and doing their help defense. We'll screen down on the help defender, and another guy pops up for wide open shot. So everybody's eating off of everybody trying to figure out what we're doing. It's like a chess match. Mm. My mind is always thinking, how can I beat, I beat you? Tony will tell you, we average like 70 points in like 18 minutes, 16 minutes halves in AAU. We don't press. What we do is get up on you, force your baseline, you'll drive, jump in the air, we take a charge, get the ball out quick, throw it up, and you go make a play. We set back screens, we slip screens, we got a mismatch, everybody on our team. Yo, we got one, space up. I got everybody talking. There is no position, but everybody's smart. So if you got a tall guy, he's got to talk and see the whole floor from offense and defense. Watch how many players, they'll throw the ball and they'll look at their man. They won't see the whole court. You got to see the whole court, and they don't teach that. So then when you look back at us and they're like, well, what does he know? He Just because he played doesn't mean he's a good coach. Uh, yeah, he's, he knows more than what you've done. So just take his information and apply it to yours. Like, we're not saying we're geniuses. We're just trying right. to tell you, let us add our value to help these young kids in your program. So to me, the reason I, spent, I sent that out, man, I was, I was watching how many people were just bashing us and Coach Cal. I'm like, Coach, you can't blame all this on Coach Cal. Like, this man got two weeks to train these kids. Like, what are you doing? Like, but we got to look at the whole format. He needs a little help. Let me offer my help to where some of these AAU coaches and high school coaches fell off. Like, that's my job is offering where they fell off. Let me help and try to instill that in them. So it's never about pointing the finger at somebody. It's about offering help to where help is needed. And if, and if they, they want it, I'm here. But, but, he, but here's another question. So right, right fast, be able to let you ask your question. Do you, think, do you think that you would be a threat if you was on, let's say, Kentucky staff? Well, when you say threat, it'd be, it depends on what, what my position was. Well, if it's like, if it's, I was assistant coach – and when I look at your position, it's like, and I, I know everybody on the staff from Tony Barry, Bruiser Flynn, so guys who've been head coaches and guys who won't be intimidated by you. And that's where I think Coach Cal has done a really good job of having having men, men who have been in position of, of power, which means being a head coach. But, you know, even looking at some of these other staff calls, you know, that's one staff that you can definitely help right away, just teaching, your, teaching guys that are young players coming in not really understanding – the transition from high school to college, you know, how to get acclimated, you know, with, with the speed of the game. And when you watch them, it's like you already know what you can bring to the table as far as helping them guys. And I just want to step out. I just want to be in a position where, okay, coach, reach out to me. You know what I'm saying? And I'm here. I'm available. Whether it's called, it costs money, intern, like you are there to help the program. And I think so many times people get caught up in saying, well, it's always about money. I'm like, no, we love basketball. Like, I, if I could do it for free, I mean, I don't mind because we did it for so long. But, you know, also you want to be compensated for the knowledge that you have and all the time you put into basketball. So it's not like you want to go and not be compensated. But it's like, I know my value. And yeah. let me show you, and like I said earlier, opportunity. I'm just looking for the opportunity. Yeah. I'll show you what I can do when I get there. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think people are intimidated. I think people are the unknown. 
And I think when you have an unknown, that is a form of intimidation because you right. don't know what this person is doing. You don't know their end goal. My end goal is what I just posted. I'm here to help. Like, I don't want to see our program go 5-11. and 11. I don't want to see us do it next year. Like, so me, it's like, well, hey, because well, here's the thing. If we never say anything and then we complain, guess what everybody say? Well, y'all never do nothing. Y'all never help. Y'all never do anything. All y'all do is complain. So yeah. now you're offering help. <laughs> and it's like, like, what do you do? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm trying to help. I just want to bring value. Because when we played, we played like Jamal Masburn, Rex Chapman. They came back when we played. It was welcome for veteran NBA players to show us more, to teach us the mindset of the game. Now with these rules, it's like they keeping us away. So, like, let me get on the staff. Let me try to help out. So when young guys come in, they'll say, well, who are we talking to? Well, listen, I know the game in and out. I know how to prepare. I know how to stretch. I know how this. I know how to do that. I'll right. tell these guys from every situation that I've learned is here's how you avoid – this is how you become a better player right now, how you become a better on, on and off the court player, and how you have a long career, whatever you choose to do. Mm-hmm. And our kids will knock a, 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 a reporter down, won't help them up, won't say anything. Like little simple things like that matter to certain people. And I think we've lost that. Not just saying Kentucky, I'm talking about everywhere across the board. Right. No one's teaching the common courtesy of players of friendship of uh, of like you uh, like our 96 team has been tight for 25 plus years like we still we send out christmas things happy birthday and group texas and group texas being like we send out message to each other because guess what we did it all together yeah that's what these young kids have failed to realize if i stick with my team and work hard and do the right things all these things start to come come uh, come around i waited on my turn ron mercer waited on his Wayne stayed all four and got all the success he's had. Like, you got to earn what you get. Everybody's forcing these kids to get it. But if we don't teach them the real truth about what's great happening in life, that's what we miss. It. Some of these guys are leaving early and they got mad at me when I said, you shouldn't leave. And then now what they're doing, they're overseas, not making it to the NBA. I said, I'd rather tell you to wait three years and have a 10-year NBA career as right. opposed to leaving in one year. And then you have 12 years overseas and all your dreams are shattered because you don't want to listen. Like, we got to teach them the truth. If you're not ready, man, take another year. Like, just take that extra year, develop, learn how to play, and we'll teach you that. It's a mindset, and I think that's the difference of what happens. And uh, remember Alabama football? Two of the senior, top players that played this year came back their senior year. Yeah. And the championship. You got you to gotta know your time. You just got to know that. So is it – has anything progressed beyond the tweet? Is your agent working the phones – Calling that UK Athletics, we, if we got the ball rolling, or is anything any back and forth yet? Or no, nothing, nothing yet. The game was the day, and I put it out yesterday. So, <laughs> but you, you know what, you know, and now I'm thinking, Da and, and Vinny, you could. This what I, this what I see the role of, let's say a Da myself, and we can go down the line with a number of guys. Why couldn't we be consultants? You know. So when I think about NBA, because I, I look at NBA position and, and I'm like, hmm, you know, every team has a consultant. Mm-hmm. And I didn't I didn't know that until I came back and, and was doing some volunteer work for the Hawks. And uh, I was like, man, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm consulting. I'm like, you're a consultant. Like, <laughs> what are you consulting? You ain't never played basketball. How do you consult somebody? You know? like, so I, I couldn't really figure it out. But like, I thought about it and I was like, they created a position, a consultant position. Yeah. So. That's what I look at even in college basketball is like, even if I'm not coaching, I can still be of a consultant, a mentor and get these kids prepared. Because the one thing what, what DA is talking about, and I was in position 
a couple years ago because I did a combine and I knew guys wasn't ready to take their next level, take their next step. And I'm just like, I want to tell them, but then it's like, oh, I'm being a hater. So it's like, do I keep my mouth quiet? Do I be honest with them? Not to the point to, to, to kill their dream, but I, I know what it takes to get to the next level. I know you're not ready yet. So to stay one more year, like DA said about the Alabama uh, players, another year, you can't do what the next man is doing because that's not you. So mm -hmm. if I see somebody leave and I'm like, man, we came out together. We both were ranked high, but my numbers aren't the same as his. And here's a great thing about where we're at in, in, with social media and in, in, the, in these times is that you can pick up the phone and call. Oh, you're a second round draft. Oh, you're not you can go and draft, you know? So when you hear that, why wouldn't the agent tell you, hey, wait one more year? Because if I, 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 this is how I look at it. That's how I look at it, guys. If you've been broke for 18, 19 years, what's another six, seven months? I mean, I promise you, if you had to wait 10 months, just, I mean, not even a year. <laughs> Are you serious now? That's what I'm saying. But, but somebody has to be, somebody has to be in position to tell those guys that, hey, man, you got a chance to be a lottery pick next year. If you, like, I take, for instance, like, I like class. Claxon, who was at um, who was at University of Georgia, so mm -hmm. I knew Claxon was a a probably a top fifteen pick if he waited one more year. And yeah, he's, he's in the NBA, he's in the rotation, he's in you know a two way player. He was the first draft pick by I think the Celtics in the second round. So ten more months, and you get guaranteed money three years. You want you want to take the risk and go out and be a two way player or not get drafted? Come on, man. Somebody got to consult with the family and the kids. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you, like, why wouldn't you have that available for guys like, like ourselves? And it's just like, we, we, we know what it takes, but it's like, we're going to give you great information and we're going to pick up the phone and call and say, okay, man, this, this is where they have you slotted at right now. And just being truthful with them and the family, not the agent to, to get the kid out there because he's going to get 4% or however, however much percentage of his money is that, man, go back to school, dude. Yep. And that's the big thing. If you told him to go back, you would give him information and you give him examples of why to go back. Yes. Like that simple fact is you say, hey, you go second round, they get, because here's what I tell them all. It's 60 picks. There's 600 kids trying out. It just regular, regular dudes coming. Not include the un the, the guys who coming out who overseas, mm -hmm. not the guys who coming out early, not guys who have been trying to get in the league on the G League already. So you're trying to get 60 picks out of about 700 people. Dude, your odds are not in your favor. If you're not in that top 60, why gamble? Like, why are you even gambling? Like, you got two, two three years of eligibility. Go back. And if you say, well, man, my mom's this is that, I said, okay, if you got you got financial issues, go. But what's gonna happen in the two, three years if you can't make it? You're gonna be right back to where you was at, my brother. Like financial issues haven't gone anywhere. Yes, it's not the league is not going anywhere, but they're basing it off what you bring to the table now. They don't right. give that like, you look at a bunch of our, our players now who gone, you're like, whatever happened to him? And I give this perfect example. Monte Ellis at Golden State, 20 point score, remember? Oh, yeah. Great player, heard about him. He got traded. He went like this because systems wouldn't allow him to score. Right. You don't hear from him anymore. Nope. So if you don't get in the right situation, man, I don't care what you do. You have a 20 in league, you'd be out of the league in two years. Mm -hmm. So if you ain't averaging no points, <laughs> like, like, dude, your, your chances of making it again are slim. And you just, you just, I just can't, it's a lot of it's the coaches 
in middle school, high school, AAU, and the parents are all rushing and the kids feel pressure. And that's why I try to tell people on his social media is stop telling like uh, David Johnson, everybody in Louisville was talking about, well, he's going to be a lottery pick. Let that man develop. Yeah. While pushing him and pressuring him to go early, he's going to go early and struggle. Like, stop pressuring this man. Like, they're all like, man, he's going. Like, dude, let him go when he's comfortable. They all put pressure on these kids to go, and the kids feel that pressure. So guess what they do? I got to go because everybody's telling me to go. But they know they go. So I think it's just bad business when you have so many people. But you're right. Being a consultant would help. But we just need to have hands-on physically and mentally with some of these young guys. And we can actually help them. And here's the thing. We're not in it for 4%. (laughs) So we are only trying to help these guys. Yes, exactly, exactly. I got to ask the other big question because a lot of people have received the tweet well. A lot of people make it happen. Coach Cal, make it happen, make it happen. There's some people that's talking about, and I'll just ask the big question because if, if we don't ask you here, you'll get asked somewhere else. But you know, the comments after the 2014 Final Four where people kind of say you were criticizing Cal, Mm-hmm. said if Cal wanted to keep these kids and develop them, he should tell them that. He's just running them in and out. And then there was the part about um, last year when the Cats went to the Final Four with Julius Randle, that was because of pure talent. And the reason they lost was because of coaching. So would would there be philosophical differences if you were on the staff with Cal? You no, know? It's, not phys- it's not differences at all. It's the truth. Like you try to explain to him what he might have messed up. You name one coach who can't say he hasn't messed up. You get pro coaches right now, like they'll, they'll be like, man, I made a wrong decision. But you can make that wrong decision. But the problem is, like my thing is, don't make that same decision. Like as, as, a, co- as a coaching staff, we'll all look and be like, okay, yeah, we messed that up. Like, you look at the turnover rate in certain coaches in certain schools. Like, who's gotten it right anyway? <laughs> like, North Carolina just struggled, what, last year too? Yeah. Like, you're not going to get it right all the time. But my thing when I said that was, I felt like we should have had different players in the game at that time. And this is the reason why. I've played in certain situations. I've seen the game. There are certain times you have players in. So if I see something, I could go pull on coaches' coattails and say, hey, coach, throw such and such in real quick. I think he's going to be a better fit. So how is that a difference or, or me and him having a beef? There is no beef. That is what my job is as an assistant is to tell him something, to put something in his ear that might help us. Now, he makes the final call. Like I said in that interview, he's going to make the final call. I'm telling you from my standpoint what I saw. People got mad because they were saying, well, man, some of it's true, but you should say that about Kentucky. wasn't about that. It was about me being passionate about I wanted to win the game. You know how many other people said it? <laughs> but as I said it it was taken as offense to him it's like no I would have been put on his coattail hey coach those such and such in he's hot he's better let's do this like those are suggestions yeah people think everything you say critical and it's not it's a suggestion if you tell if Tony told me hey D you need to drive against that dude he's slow I'm not taking that critical I'm taking it as a, he's trying to help me like that's what you do so you don't take those things when people say that as it's critical you take it as hey he's trying to help you can listen or not. He's just trying to help. So my job is, like I said before, if he's going to have players come in and out and in and out, it's going to be hard to win. He knows that. Our fans are seeing that. It's hard to develop if you don't have any continuity. So basically, you have a new team every year. So it's very difficult. So that was my thing as a fan, as a player. Hey, guess go recruit some JUCOs. Go recruit some guys who might stay two years and develop. Because you remember the last time we won, who, who led us in scoring? Remember Darius Miller? Mm-hmm. He was a senior, yeah. yep. and we won in 2012. 
So go get those dudes who who can learn and listen, and you can keep them. Like Gonzaga's got a bunch of seniors with some young guys. You look at Baylor's got some young guys and some older guys. So I just wanted him to mix it up. That was me pulling on his coattail. Hey, coach, grab some older guys. That was it. Nothing personal. That man well, looked. If you, look at it, if you think about it, da, it's, it, it was our it was our ninety sixteen. You know, we had we had veterans, we had young guys. You know, mm -hmm. and when you have veteran guys, you know, they, they usually groom and teach the younger guys, you know, how to, to, to calm down, <laughs> calm down, relax. It's, it's about the system. Be patient. You know, you're not going to get everything, but also you got to work to get what you want. So even when I, when I look at, you know, a consultant position was, I look at two players that come to mind, two young players. One of them was Emmanuel quickly. Mm -hmm. And the other one was PJ Washington. Yeah. So if I'm talking to these kids, I'm like, look at these two guys right here. You know, PJ had an awful NCAA tournament. He missed like what eight to eleven. He missed a lot of free throws. Yeah. And Emmanuel just he just wanted to come back and said, "Man, I know I'm better than what how I finished the season." And we saw him come back, and he's playing phenomenal basketball right now. So to come back for a second season is like going back to the lab. You should every every summer you should ask the muscle your game. You should be better than you were the, the summer before. But when you don't have the right people giving that information or delivering the message. I think the kids in their mind, they want to go because, okay, it's the right thing to do, but you're not ready yet. And like you said, you're going to find yourself out the league and overseas. And if you could have waited, who knows how you would have developed. So going back to elementary, middle school, high school, is that as you develop and get better, you know, you start seeing the game, what's going to happen. The game slows down in your mind now. When you come in, when you come from high school to college, Everything is 100 miles per hour. Everything is fast. And it's like, man, when the game really slows down, you can analyze and you can process information a lot quicker. And that's the problem we have with so many of our, our youth programs and, and parents. The parents are impatient. The parents want to go from, let's, let's put my third grader on a sixth grade team. He's not ready. <laughs> and I'm like, what are, like, what are you doing? You're going to skip three grades and put them? But – that's a cool thing to do now. And then the, the reclassification, you know, now you're going to hold a kid back kid. So I had a kid that was like, get ready to turn 17 as a freshman. I'm like, dude, you're supposed to be graduating from high school. Why are you still playing freshman basketball? But that's just the nature of what's going on right now. And I'm just looking at myself like, dude, you should be the most dominant player because you are the oldest player. You're, you're three years older than other kids. So why, why aren't you dominating? But that's just where the parents are right now. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So crazy. No, nah, it's terrible. Now I'm I'm with like man, that ain't that ain't nothing personal. I'm all about trying to get better, man, with these kids, these kids and everything. So I, when they got mad at that point, I said, man, y'all know what this is. I'm passionate about my program. I'm passionate about the team, or I wouldn't even say nothing. Right. So if I didn't say anything, everybody like, man, they don't care. They don't even say nothing. But then when you say something, they take it critical. No, I love my university and I want to help. That's why I'm asking. I told them I'm here to help. Because put like this, it's, it's been tough for all of us, too, because like I said, we still love our university and we know exactly, you know, what to do. But, you know, like I said, but everything doesn't fall on Coach Cal because at the end of the day, Coach Cal can't make layup. Coach Cal mm -hmm. can't shoot jumpers. Mm -hmm. He can't pass the ball. So when you when you recruit these guys and they're the top of their class, you think when these guys come in, man, these dudes know how to play basketball. But I don't really you know going back to the pandemic, not having any veterans there is that these guys were thinking that, okay, I dominated in high school. It's going to be the same in college. We know that. You got 
you got weight program, you got grown men. I'm not intimidated by an 18-year-old kid. I'm 22 years old. I'm a, I'm a grown man. You think yeah. an 18-year-old kid, I'm, I'm, I'm scared of him? Stop right. this, man. I don't care what school he's at. Dude, <laughs> it don't matter. I'm in the weight room. I'm strong. You know, I'm like, dude, I see you on TV. You know, we, we got a sky report. So the fear factor is not there no more. So when the fear factor is not there, now you got to go out there and play basketball. Mm-hmm. So the no the, the no brainer lottery picks, you're not telling them to stay, are you? Like the no, De'Aaron no. Foxes, the ADs. No, but you got to think about those. Those are those are what uh, once in lifetime generation type players. Like like AD could have went to Bellarmine and been a number one pick. Those are like those are one time like generational type players. Like you don't tell them to stay. But those people are developed different. They're built different. Yeah. They have special skills. Like you're not gonna tell a six nine Tracy McGrady that he has to stay. You know, you're not gonna tell like like you're not gonna tell Kevin Garnett six ten, six eleven, freakish athlete to stay. You know what I'm saying? Like some of them other guys who came out, whatever happened to them, they should have stayed. Yeah. And they had a long career. So if you look at the numbers, it's almost like what they're doing now, like like just telling kids it's like, hey, whatever the success rate, whatever they saying you should you're projected, you should go no matter how good you are. Right. And I think that's been the big thing. It's like Tony said, like they're telling us to go, man, and telling kids to go and they shouldn't go. And I think that's our job as 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 us. It's like yes. And I'll go compare them to players and say, hey, can you can you jab step and shot fake and rip through one dribble and dunk from the three-point line? And he'll be like, no. And I'll say, well, I can. And I'll show him my video. And he'll be like, oh, man, you can do right. that. Like, so it's a different mindset. So now if you're saying, like, well, dang, I believe DA because he actually did it. Like, there's no knock on the rest of them. But if you knew a dude who did it, I might be a little – I might listen a little more. If you knew that the intern was your, was a doctor intern say, well, man, maybe you should go get this. And then the real doctor come out and say you should go get it. You ain't even thinking twice. It ain't a conversation because he's proven. Nothing against the other one. You just say, well, you know what? Maybe he is right. Maybe I need to look into this a little bit more. And again, once you get the players, it's good. But if you don't get the if you get the parents in a way, parents, when I tell you these parents are different, man, they they want to take all the glory, all the fame. There's this kid we had that could have played in our junior Olympic, I mean our junior NBA team, played on our team, been on national TV if he played on our team. His parents didn't even bring him to the gym. They didn't bring them. Right. Just like, you can be on national TV. Just right. bring them. Like, we can, all we need is a big one. They didn't bring them. Mm. Egos, attitudes, man. It's just different with these parents, man. And as soon as their kid don't make it, watch them blame everybody else. Not the kid or not them. But, man, that coach didn't do nothing for my son. He sent him up here and let him sit on the bench. Well, you didn't let him learn nothing. It's crazy, man. He's yep. this different generation, man. Y'all talking about the parents and the kids and, you know, Guys getting to high school, getting to college with that chance to make a better life for their family, with a chance to change the landscape financially for their family. A lot of kids maybe had a weight of the world on their shoulders, had that weight, had that burden, that pressure of Mm -hmm. making those changes for their family. That might be some of that on this current Kentucky team. We had a, a listener, Chris, sent in a question he's like do you guys see that in your dealings with young people now td do you see that in your basketball academy day do you see it with the young people you interact with do you see young kids coming up right now that you deal with that have that weight of i got to make it for my family that maybe their mom and dad put that weight on them or somebody's put that weight on them. are y'all seeing that with kids coming up that y'all deal with and and are trying to teach a mentor I- I see that. I've saw that. I saw that since middle school, bro. 
Like mm. when I tell you, I've seen that since middle school where parents are like, well, I got to get my son in this high school. So they're going to working out five in the morning, working out after practice. It's like, dude, you're working out too much. They don't see it. They think the more I do, the better he gets. That's not the truth. So I seen the pressure and it's not so much financially, it's the pressure of this kid saying, hey, I want to make it to the NBA. So a parent will go out and do everything that he thinks that a kid should do. But they're doing it as a pro. But guess what? Kids, their knees ain't developed. Their body hasn't fully grown. You don't know what a kid's going to be to after his 10th grade year physically. Mm. You're trying to get him to lift weights and do this crazy vertimax and pulling your back down. And it's like at a middle school, you're, you're in create, their, their bones are not finished growing. So you're limiting in their growth. And then you'll look up and they'll be like, well, well, man, my dad had me working outside six times a day. I should be better by now. <laughs> it's like, no. So the kid is feeling pressure from the working out, from the trying to do so much to keep up. But we're NBA players, bro. We practice two hours a day. We got nothing else to do. So we can go do four, three other things during the day. We can go do weights in the, in the afternoon. We can go get to the gym from seven to nine o'clock at night and shoot because that's all our job is. But if you've got to go to school from, from 8 to, th- to 2.30, then you got practice till 5, 5.30, you should be resting. They're still going out and doing stuff. Right. Like, that's too much. Like, we would go around the neighborhood and play pickup, run around, just run. We wasn't running full speed. we run and stop at the baby like, man, I'm tired, dude. I'm cool. Right. But now they can't stop. The coaches, the trainers, the parents are getting them moving so much. It's like they're wearing themselves thin, and it's because of the pressure from the parents or themselves of saying, I got to be the next one. I want to be on YouTube. I want to be ranked. I had a middle school team in the eighth grade. It was kids and parents wanting to be ranked. Yeah. I cut, I cut the team out. I was like, man, I'm cool, man. I can't, I can't deal with this. Like my other team was cool with the parents, but the other parents and they, the kids were just like so engulfed about trying to be ranked. I was like, yo, some of the other kids were suffering. So I was like, it's not fair for the kids who want to get better and my other kids being selfish, ball hog. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. So, you know, you let them go and see, you know, you know, listen well, but, you can't hurt these other kids. My other group of kids, they're really good. The parents are good. So there's no pressure for them to say, I got to go major D1. They want to go to college. If I get them a D1, D2, they go something. I don't care where they go. They want an opportunity. I tell them all the time, uh, Damian Little went to uh, Weber State. Just mm-hmm. develop. That's all it is. It's a process. If you really want to work, process it. If you don't, if you want to take shortcut, go somewhere else. I so, think, like I said, it's it's kind of like, you know, you look at the Steph Curry's, you know, the the kids, the guys that come from Davidson is that, you know, he wasn't recruited by, you know, all the major schools out there. So I think when the kids start understanding, you know, what it takes to hard work, to sacrifice, being loyal to, to a sport and not going and play another sport, because if you're not really good at basketball, how do you look going playing baseball, soccer, football, <laughs> and you come back to basketball? You wasn't good when you left. So yeah. you come back, you take six months away from sports. You wasn't good at when you left. And you come <laughs> back and you're wondering, like, why is he good? I see. It's like having – you got to understand, you part-time in this. When you can go full-time, I said, with well, full-time, we know it comes benefits. You part-time, you know, they, don't give, they don't give benefits to part-time players, part-time people that working in factories or, or at, uh, you know, uh, corporate America. But when you understand the sacrifice, you have to be disciplined. And it has to be something that the kid won't do. The parents can't live vicariously through their kids. And I see so many parents that are trying to coach, be referees. And I have to tell them, I know DA's probably said the same thing. 
be a parent. It'll be like me coming in your house trying to tell you how to parent your kid, and I don't, yes. I don't see your kid every day. Every day. So allow us as as players, former coaches, you know, the time that we have your kids in the gym, let us coach them. Let let us do our job. What are you paying us to do when I have some time? I I, I tell my dads, man, get off the court, man. If you can't make no shots, you can't run pick and roll. Why are you out here? You didn't make it. Because eventually I'm, out, I'm, I'm, I'm about to embarrass your ass. And tell right. you, what did you do in high school? What team did you make? How many points you average? I'm about to pull up a, a Jalen Rose like he did on our, what's his name, Skip Bayless? No, he got so mad at him. He's like, okay, man, I pulled up your stats. <laughs> your stats are very mediocre. And I sometimes I'll tell parents, like, listen, what, what team did you make? Mm-hmm. Let's be honest here. So you're trying to teach, so you trying to teach your kid to do something that you wasn't good at. And not to say that a parent can't be a mm-hmm. good teacher, but mm-hmm. if you're paying a play, you're paying someone like DA, myself, or whoever these former players are. And I like role player because, like DA said about the 96 team, is that when I came in in 92, I was a role player. I had to I had to find my niche, I had to figure the game out, I had to play behind somebody, and I learned the game. And well, let's fast forward here. No kid wants to play behind someone. It's like every time you put an AAU team together, I have these parents and these coaches, some of my coaches, where the parents going to be complaining if, if Johnny don't get this many, many minutes. I say, so what? I say, when you put a team together, I say, you got to have at least a 12, a 10 to 12 man roster for the simple fact you have to practice five on five. So if we bring you seven players, who are we going to be practicing against each other? We can't play. We can't. We can't practice zone. We can't practice press. So I'm like, you do. You do the idiots right now. But I'm gonna let y'all be idiots because if you look at high school, college, NBA, I said, what team has seven players on? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm gonna give you this last bit of advice. So watch this. There's two things. My sixth grade, I give them the story. My sixth grade year, I barely got in. My seventh and eighth grade, I started and had a great career. My freshman year took me about a month before I got in the lineup and then my 11th, 10th, 11th grade, my career. I asked him, what do you think I did my freshman year in college? Mm, start? I said, no, I didn't start. I had to earn my way. What do you think I did my rookie year in the NBA? I sat on the bench. I had to earn my way for 11 year career. Y'all don't want these kids to earn nothing. Mm-hmm. I sat on the bench and I made it like, cause I wanted to get better. They hate that. And so when I tell them the story, it's like, dude, I didn't, like I was, Take more time than this kid. You don't want him coming off the bench. I'm like, y'all crazy. Last thing I'll tell you is I'm in the gym with other people training. I played 11 years in the NBA. There are other people that never made it to the NBA. And they're saying, well, I think my kid is, wants to train with him. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Like, this is what we have to deal with. I literally heard a mother tell me, well, I know you played in the NBA. And I know you're a better player, but I think he's probably better for my son who wants to go to college. She told me this on the phone. I said, did you say that? So when she said it, she said, I know I don't know a lot about basketball, but I'm going to try this and I'm going to see it. I said, yes, ma'am, you do your thing. I would never call you ever again in my life. This is what we have to deal with, Benny. When I tell you the parents are clueless, man, sometimes, some parents are really good because they know, they say, you know what? I think I will put him with a good player who knows the game, who can teach him something mentally, like certain things he can teach him. Some parents are really good at that. And then you'll get a few of these parents. You'll be like, are they really this clueless, man? Right. Like you're in a gym with an NBA 11-year player and a guy over here who's never played in the NBA, and you're telling me he's a better trainer? He's going to know more than the other guy? Like you can't fix your brain to think that because 
because a lot of parents want that credit. They don't want to say, well, Derek got my son to the league. No. I want to say, I had this one kid help. They don't care about that kid. But yeah, I'm the one got him there. I'm the one training like like your Tiger Woods dad, Earl, or something. Like, no. <laughs> That's what we got to deal with, Vinny. That's what I'm telling you. And you think got about so this much to deal with these parents, man. That it makes it hard for the kids, and that's the the that you speak on. Think about this too. We don't even want the credit. Like, like I, I, I don't want the credit if your son makes it. I don't want the credit. So in their mind, they're thinking, okay, we want the credit. Like, no, I don't care about that. You know what I'm saying? It's you like you think about Rajon came out. Did you see what he said about me? Yeah. What's that? Yeah. You saw that video he said about me smoked. helping yeah. him. I was in the yeah. I never told nobody. I didn't publicize that. First no, time he came out, he said that. Mm. I don't take credit for that. I, that was I gave him an opportunity. I gave him a platform. He used it. I tried to help Romeo Langford, some of these other guys. Some people choose it. Some people they don't. Yeah. That's not on me. I just tried to give you a platform. You don't want to run over me. That's cool. I hope you make it. But if you don't, don't say you did your best because you didn't go for the best people that can help you. Like if I would have known a little bit more than the next guy, I could have helped him. And you know that I know more than most of these trainers. Damn. So for me, it's like, yeah, it's 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 crazy, man. So I gotta we ask y'all. I let you go, man. I gotta, gotta. I gotta ask y'all real quick, and we gotta gotta tell them about your well, got the special watch too. But I gotta ask you real quick, when y'all were playing in the conference finals, you know, Heat, Pistons, winner going to the finals. Were y'all getting together on off days playing golf like Mike and Last Dance, or were y'all just? TD and DA didn't say nothing. We don't play no golf, man. I, I'm like DA, like man, we ain't no golfers. <laughs> if we're on the golf course, come DA. We drive the golf course. <laughs> yeah, we got our licenses for the golf course. Yeah, man. Hey, hey, we we drinking water, some Gatorade or something, man. We man, you know what? But it's so funny is that you know a few times I've I've hit the golf ball. Like I do like it, but you know, like I said, it's something that you have to spend time doing because we are competitive. It's hard for us to go out there. And, and and suck at something be because you know what we've we've been good and elite at it and when you think about just the golf the time you have to spend on the golf course man it, it takes up a lot of time but it's you know like i said we've been to a lot of celebrities event and you know da's come to mind and uh mm -hmm. you know we just we reminisce we talk about life we talk about where we at we're family men and you know as i stated earlier we're really just trying to help our our young our young players you know what, what can we do um, you know, to, to put those guys in position to be on to make a team, to get into rotation, to possibly get a scholarship someday. And we're not trying to get any money out. We're not a program where we're trying to bring your kid and we're trying to use your kids to make money for our program. You know, if we have one of those kids to come through, we're going to give them great advice and, and probably what's going to happen, the parents not going to stay with us anyway. They're going to be like, nope, we're going to another program that's going to pay us and give us this. I'm like, I'm not giving you anything. Why would I pay your son when I didn't get paid nothing. So I'm not giving your son no son no money. No, nope. he ain't nope. Uh-uh. Moving we're, on. We're trying to get him the best opportunity. So that's it. That's my goal. That's my hope, man. I hope I can get on the staff one day, man. And uh just hope to help this. We this still guy. got time, man. We still got time. We're not 50 yet. Yes. Can <laughs> <laughs> I talk about your y'all's 25th, 25th anniversary watch coming out? Lots of rain. TD, mm -hmm. I don't know if you, I know you probably seen it, DA, 9628. Yeah, yeah. Dave is hooking it up, man. MyTerrain.com, TD. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, we um, you know, we started probably last year just thinking about something that we can do for our 25th anniversary. And when I partnered with Lots Rain, 
I started thinking, you know, I think my, my lady Nicole brought it up. She was like, why don't y'all have a 25th anniversary watch made? So I sent him a couple, couple pictures of some watches that I liked and we started talking about it. And uh, I thought it would be a cool piece for, you know, us to touch. And like I said, my guys that came to mind were Mark Pope, DA, and Walter McCarty. You know, they're my dudes, you know, and I want to try to get, let everyone touch it. But, you know, it was just special for us for what we did, you know, during that time, the sacrifices. Um, and like DA said earlier, you know, we're still, we're still family, we're still friends. And when you win something and none of us made any money, you know, it was about putting, you know, putting the banner up there, but we all sacrificed for the good of the team. And, and when you're 18, 19, I remember coach telling, he said, y'all, he said, y'all gonna do something special, you know? And of course I'm a senior, I'm thinking about the NBA. DA, you know, he's there. Um, NBA was gonna be in his future, but, mm -hmm. We sacrificed. We was like, man, we 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 really didn't think about it at 18, 19 year old kids. Like, but winning that championship, man, how many doors we always be attached. And DA has you no know, NBA championship, but in the state of Kentucky, come on, dude. <laughs> DA, you, you gotta do that, man. Wait, why, why, why you why you bring out the ring, DA? Ooh, the Larry O'Brien, the, the Larry OB right there. Ooh. I know, man. Hey, DA, I'm still I'm still salty about that. This you know, dude. I wanted to see my dude DA and, and Antoine going, but Man, I was so salty. I know you did. I was like, man, because you know what? That that was that was it would have been '96, and then a ten year in ten years you win another championship, dude. That's a tailor made career. Yeah, I won in '86 from middle school. I was like, I was straight. Yeah, and you was getting it, man. And you was getting, it. but you know what? But I did the one year I went overseas. I did. I got me one overseas. So hey, you know what? I got one on a professional level. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got me one, but no, man. We really appreciate you joining us. I know you, you know yeah. you got to get ready. I know the kids are down, but uh, we got we got must have you back on again, man. We appreciate you. Hopefully, I'm on the staff when I come back on. Man, hey, hey, yeah. hey listen, you, you got your boy pushing for me. I got to make a phone call to somebody, man. I might have to call little Memphis. Man, call you, know, you got to plug my dude. Dude, but you know what should have happened? We should have talked to um, should have talked to KP. Yeah, he left already. Yeah, but you know, I didn't I know KP. Get in with Flint before Flint came. But as soon as KP announced, I had hit him up. He said, Yeah, hey, we got somebody replaced him. I was like, yeah, that, that was quick. Yeah. So yeah, I couldn't get in then, but part of it, man. I'm still keep pushing, man. Keep pushing, brother. Yo. Keep behind you. I appreciate you hopping on DA. And look, man, that that Nate Johnson was still the nastiest UK poster, UK facial I've ever seen, man. I was you know, the old heads talk about Dirk Minifield, but that you getting Nate against Louisville, that's, nah, still, man. that's still my poster. That's not the one. The one when he dunked on the Shimu, dude. That's that what dude, I tried to tell him. You missed that. That dude almost tripped over his shoulder, man. I, you know what? Hey, that, that remind me, uh, I'm, I'm going to take you back. When Clyde Drexler dunked over Andre Turner, yeah. he almost tripped over his shoulder. I was like, did he just, man, hold on now. He almost hurt him, man. That's how the dunk was like. Da was like in the rim like this, dude. It was like pushing the ball forward. I was like, "Hold and on, he, man." He moved six seven. Yes, yes. Mm. And move when I bring it up to move, move. I'm like, move. Hey, man, it's it's one of our, it's one of your boys. It's our teammate, man. It's not like an opposing player. It's your own teammate. He was like, "Yeah," but somebody took a picture of him. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Yeah, it will always be out there. That photo will always be in existence." And it's bad because it's one of your former teammates. <laughs> When I dunked on that dude, he looked around. When I dunked it, he was looking like, did he make that? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but also, D.A. Teller, man, you had, you tore ACL right and left knee, correct? 
Yes. And tell them, you know, in your 11 years, I don't think you ever had any problems again. Never again, because I stressed and did the water pool workout. Mm. I stressed and did water workout. I wasn't doing them treadmills. I was in the water, running, then I would play. I ran, I did all that. So I knew, that's what I'm saying, telling kids how to rehab from an ACL. I tore both in college because I wasn't stretching good enough. Went to the NBA and never heard them again. Wow. So people yeah. like like a Derrick Rose and those guys, you got to teach these guys how to do it. Some people listen, some people don't, man. So, right. Tell, so everybody about, tell everybody about stamina too, man. Got to plug that while you're here with us. Uh, well, yeah, I got two stamina's. I got the basketball and then a the business side of the stamina's. We uh, try to teach kids common courtesy, people skills, and I also got an AAU program called Stamina Elite, and we just teach kids how to think, play. I want to get them all the scholarships. Uh, I ain't tripping it. Like, I love to win, but I don't care about an AAU win. Ain't nobody going to remember two years ago who we beat in the AAU tournament. We're going to know that everybody went to college off his AAU team, and that's what I'm trying to get these guys to understand. So the foundation of basketball, we're just having fun, man, and loving life. So that's what I'm focused on. Yeah, good, good stuff, good. man. Good stuff. Like TD said, appreciate you hopping on with us, man, taking time out of your evening, chop it up on Believe in Kentucky with us. This will be out shortly for all the listeners. And look, man, if y'all listening, you know, if you know somebody, just tell them old school, pass it, word of mouth. And, you know, if you're on social media, post it, share it, spread it that way as well. And rate it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all that good stuff. And y'all will definitely enjoy this episode with DA, for sure. All right, Peace out, guys. Peace out. Yes, sir. Yeah. See y'all next time. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube